Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsythe. And back for yet another fun-filled two hours here with The Advertising Show is Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. The Advertising Show is being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production. It is so good to be back with you uh, uh, once again this weekend. And we've got a very special guest. This is uh, someone that we've had on the show uh, numerous amounts of times, kind of like an Alex Benblock kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. Brad? Oh, yeah. Brian Steinberg, the advertising columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Journal which is published by Dow Jones & Company. And uh, we've got Brian for uh, a few segments this hour and next, so stick around for that. Also, a lot of great stuff, too. Patrick Meyer, the marketing insider, now versus not now. We'll help you understand what that's all about. Jeffrey Gittimer is going to be talking about Loyal as a Dog, Andy Borowitz, uh, here in just a few moments. The Mars exploration thing. Space has been in the news, and it's been a big deal. Um, uh, foam falling off, which uh, obviously caused a problem with the uh, the Columbia. But right. uh, uh, anyway, but Andy has his take on that as well. Mm-hmm. We've got the wacky world of marketing, uh, Lab Meat. Lab meat. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that sound delicious? Well, I used to date her. Lab <laughs> meat. Yeah, in college. It was a special... Uh, she wore glasses? Extra credit, yeah. Exactly. And then liquor. Liquor is going to be a big hit today on today's show. It is. Yeah. That's right, because we have the advertising showcase, and uh, this is focusing on an offer uh, that may not be as easy to get a hold of as one might think so, right. but there again, they probably spent like two or three bucks on this ad in the Wall Street Journal. At least. <laughs> you think so? It's kind of interesting that with uh, Brian Steinberg, a writer, uh, ad columnist for the Wall Street Journal, that we decided to uh, not purposely pick on any uh, particular advertiser in the Wall Street Journal, but the Wall Street Journal is a great place to go sure. to pick up our uh, advertising in this case. Are we going to make it bad or good? I guess we're making it bad since they qualified. I now. think it's a great offer, but, yeah, it kind of leaves you short, so yeah. if you know what I'm saying. So it would be bad. And then uh, if you're a vodka fan, you want to stick around for that, I guess, huh? That's that's a thing, yeah. So yeah. we'll help out there, too, as well. Hey, uh, Jack Trout is a friend of the advertising show, and he had, had a, a commentary in Forbes this past week. It says, um, he doesn't think, this is funny, he says he doesn't think traditional advertising is dead, hmm. but he suggests that agencies are relying too much on creative and not enough on providing strategic advice to clients. The result, Trout writes, is today a lot of advertising lacks that reason to buy. Hmm. How very interesting. Yeah. Uh, in other words, getting real creative, getting real creative, but forgetting the fact that you've got a strategy there to get people to buy your product as sounds, well. Sounds like something Gittimer would say. Doesn't it, though? Yeah. <laughs> That's it's interesting. Make, it makes sense to me. What do you yeah. got there? Well, you said, by the way, you mentioned Trout. You still see uh, uh, Al Reese as well occasionally. He was written uh, writing a column about three or four weeks ago in Advertising Age magazine. And uh, my goodness, you gotta you got to hand it to Trout and Reese. You know, they're still hanging in there. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Meyer, one of our uh, regulars here on the advertising Still show. married after all these years. Huh? Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> Patrick would be the first to uh, say that uh, Trout and Reese are both old school. Mm-hmm. And uh, Patrick Meyer can say that because he's from... The new school. Right. So he can, he can say that. We, we like all advertising commentary, and we think everybody has an opinion, and... Uh, Mr. Trout sure has one. What I thought was interesting, you've heard of the uh, TV program, Everyone Loves Raymond? Oh, yeah. Well, we've got a new one out, uh, and the word is, everybody hates Chris. 
which uh, Chris Chris Rock, of course, in oh, his yeah. okay. semi-autobiography uh, series for UPN, uh, may well be the hottest prospect for this fall's television season, according to uh, the Chicago Tribune online version. It's been discussed that uh, the network will be trotting out its... Uh, uh, a big hit, or potentially big hit this fall, and it's just a pilot right now, Ray, but it could end up turning uh, UPN to, uh, let's just say, better than what they currently are doing, according to uh, Les uh, Moonves. It's CBS, of course, owns uh, UPN. Most people know that. Uh, but apparently, uh, Chris Rock, I don't know, he, he could be taking a, a chapter out of... Uh, um, who's the guy? My goodness, here we go. I'm going to start talking about something I don't know the okay. answer to, but it's the guy that's on Comedy Channel, yeah. and he's done a, a great job with uh, with a TV series, and then he came back Chappelle? the second year. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Came back with a second series, and he's MIA. They're saying that, you know, where, <laughs> where's your second second year? And the guy's made a ton of money. Yeah. I mean, he's finally cashed in on a, on a, on a great payday for him. Uh, uh, Chappelle has been a heck of a comedian all these years. People are just waking up to him. Sure. But he's very talented. But a lot of people have said that uh, Dave Chappelle is the new Chris Rock. That would be a heck of a title to have to, to wear. But they say that. Oh. And therefore, what happens? Chris Rock gets his own TV program. Okay. Maybe. Oh, very interesting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, everybody hates Chris. That's what they're saying. Gee, what an original title. Isn't it? Golly. Hmm. Let's uh, check in on the... Uh, space program. Uh, Andy was on uh, this past uh, Friday morning, as a matter of fact, on CNN. Had some great things to say, and here he is now. Hi, this is Andy Borowitz for The Advertising Show. And now, here's this week's feature from The Borowitz Report. In what was widely seen as a belt-tightening measure, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration this past week said that it was scrapping all plans for a mission to Mars and would instead wait for Mars to plan a mission to Earth. Speaking to reporters at Cape Canaveral, Florida, NASA Chief Michael Griffin said that in the current financial climate, rather than sending a rocket to Mars, it makes more sense to just sit and wait for the Martians to come to us. Mr. Griffin said that the space agency came to the conclusion that it would prefer to wait for such a Martian visit after the just-concluded mission of the space shuttle Discovery which he called a royal pain from beginning to end. I say if the Martians want to deal with foam debris, missing tiles, and all of those other headaches, then they're more than welcome to them, the administrator said. He also offered harsh criticism for the Martians themselves, saying that they had failed to pay their fair share of the cost of space exploration. But an official statement later in the day, the Emperor of Mars countered Mr. Griffin's demand, saying Mars had no intention of doing NASA's work for them. In a parting shot, the Emperor concluded... And don't expect Mars to fix Social Security either, you tool. Elsewhere, after paying Microsoft a $7 million settlement for sending millions of spam emails, spam entrepreneur Scott Richter said he was only trying to be his own boss by working from home. This is Andy Borowitz, and this has been a special edition of the Borowitz Report from the Advertising Show. To read more reports or to receive daily email alerts, log on to borowitzreport.com. This is Andy Borowitz saying, keep it fake, baby. Yeah, good old Andy. On the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Always has a, a twisted opinion of stuff. Uh, obviously, they finally did launch the uh, the Martian rocket uh, after a few weather delays, mm-hmm. interestingly enough. And, hey, the, we're the, just a, and the space shuttle made it safely home, which they were concerned I about. I sure hope they put that thing back up there. I yeah. really do. I really hope our program, uh, space program, continues. Mm-hmm. Uh 
it just makes a heck of a lot of sense. I right. understand the space shuttle is old and everything like that, and uh, the concept is old, uh, but uh, I, I still think it's viable, and well, it's good. And I think they could come out with a new Tang, and then they could say, <laughs> look what the uh, space shuttle is and the space program has given us. Do they sell Tang anymore? I'm not sure. I think Kool-Aid knocked them uh, in the dirt. <laughs> tang, I don't know. Tang was never good. Is Tang even around? I don't know. I, I don't think it is. Yeah. Hey, we're just a, a few minutes away from uh, checking in with Brian Steinberg here on the Advertising Show for a couple of hours. Brian, the advertising columnist for the Wall Street Journal, uh, published by Dow Jones. Uh, and uh, we'll check in with Brian. Where is Brian? Annapolis, is that right, uh, uh, this weekend? Normally based in... Uh, in New York City? Yeah. Okay. Well, but, but it may be in Annapolis this weekend. Wherever he is, yeah. Brian will find you. Okay, and we'll be back in just a minute with more on the advertising show. This is Ray Shillings along with Brad Forsyth. Hey, remember to go to our website. It's theadvertisingshow.com. A lot of great stuff there, including some podcasts coming our way shortly here as well, too. So a lot of good stuff up there. Stick around for the advertising show. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. I'm Ewell Gibbons. Many consider me an expert on natural foods like cattails. Yes, they're edible. I look for natural ingredients in my food. That's why grape nuts is part of my breakfast. This is a wholesome cereal made from wheat and barley. These natural ingredients are baked into crunchy nuggets and fortified with eight essential vitamins. It's the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, and our special guest is Brian Steinberg, uh, the advertising columnist for the Wall Street Journal, published by Dow Jones and Company. Now, prior to being appointed, if you haven't heard about Brian, we need to tell you about him. Being appointed to his current position in 03, uh, Brian was a special writer for the media business reporter for the Dow Jones Newswires, uh, the company's real-time electronic news division. As Newswires' lead media reporter, he covered many subjects and companies and edited The Pitch, a uh, weekly marketing column which he originated with another reporter in uh, 99. Brian joined the uh, Newswires in 97 as a reporter covering the telecommunications industry. His story goes on and on, and we are always, as you well know, if you're a fan of the show, uh, we've had Brian on before, but it's, uh, Brian, it's so good to have you back on the advertising show. Good to be back. Thanks very much. Well, it's our pleasure. It's always uh, good to uh, get a hotshot reporter like uh, what? <laughs> My goodness, Brian. You know, for a lot of our listeners, they've never heard uh, read your column and, and your articles, I'm sure, most frequently. But uh, to actually hear you uh, live is probably a, a great treat. I know it is for Ray and I. Share with us, before we jump into some of these advertising topics, the day uh, day in the life of a ad columnist for a major publication like the Wall Street Journal. And maybe I can help get you started, Brian. Okay, you sleep till noon. Then what? <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could. Actually, we. Uh, it's a tough. It's a tough thing. You know, most most uh, articles. You know, most reporters have things that break occasionally, or you know, more more. You know, not every day. There's a column that runs every day. This column has to be filled. So uh, if they don't have one from somebody else, I'm on the spot. If I don't have one that I've already planned and reported. There are days when we come in, we're not sure what the column is going to be. That can be very fun or very frustrating, mm-hmm. depending on what goes on. But more often than not, we have things planned. We have some stories we've been, we've been working on, and um, we have some things lined up. We are always juggling things. Can this run tomorrow? Can, I, can we pass off one more day so we can, we can put this in instead? It's, every day my editor and I are, are trying to figure out what the best comp for the day would be. Sometimes something happens at 4 o'clock, and you got punch. You have to take care of the news uh, and push the other one aside. So it, every day is something different, which is why it's kind of fun. And also you can also kind of want to go home and uh, 
put your head in a, in a sink full of gin sometimes. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, we're, Ray and I aren't writers, but we do that anyway. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm curious, are, are you sometimes sandbagging with your editor with some articles that you know could be generic and work a few days later? Are you always forthcoming with what you have on the table there? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I always tell them what, what, what's up. I always say, you know, if, if, if we have nothing, here's something that's kind of brewing or here's an idea that I had. We might be able to use it in a pinch. You know, there are things that are, that are newsy. Um, definite, uh, you know, could be a bigger story for A1 or B1, uh, in a pinch, you know, you're always kind of figuring out what you have on the table, for mm-hmm. sure. And then uh, just to give our, our listeners, again, a sense, for those that may not be familiar, you're, you're kind of all over the board. You have several different things that you're responsible for. I'm familiar, and Ray are both are familiar with your, your writing because we read the Wall Street Journal regularly, but you have some ad columns that you do. You have some other specialties. Kind of take us through that, Brian. Well, sure. We have uh, the column runs five days a week. Uh, and that uh, is uh, between me and another reporter, Suzanne Vernitza. We generally work on that pretty pretty carefully. We also have a Wednesday page that we do uh, called the Advertising Report that runs in, re- in certain parts of the paper. Usually um, it's supposed to hit Chicago, New York, and L.A., and that involves a Q&A with someone interesting in the business, um, a mailbox with readers who ask uh, a range of wacky questions about advertising, and also kind of a data center of different uh, ad spending figures. So that's another... Uh, kettle of fish that requires some booking in advance. You don't always, you can't always get people on the drop of a hat. We, we talk to Jerry Seinfeld and Mel Carmazin, Ron Popel, uh, a lot <laughs> of different people, and some of them don't aren't, aren't able to come to the phone at a moment's notice. So it requires some negotiation, and you have to kind of uh, talk to a lot of different people and, and, and keep calling for different different profiles. And then you you record that uh, that ra- the telephone conversation and edit it down. I suppose. I suppose. Yeah, we do it by phone. Sometimes we'll, we'll go in person if we can. Um, we record it most times, um, mm-hmm. and uh, usually just check. Uh, you know, I, I make sure that we're uh, not constantly out of context, but they can be very lively conversations sometimes. Mm-hmm. In the case of Ron Papil, it's basically he just presses start and forgets it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he actually tried to sell me a turkey fryer uh, when we talked to him. He and did. I was him of doing so. He goes, "Oh no, I'm not trying to sell you one, but if you have a friend who likes one, you'll remember <laughs> yeah, about right, our turkey fryer." Right. <laughs> 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 of course, he's most well known for the uh, pocket fisherman, right? Exactly. Pocket hair in a can, pocket fisherman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about uh, the hair stuff too? That, that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's called GL. I, I'm not. Gonna, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not. Now I'm starting to sell form instead of talking about. It. That's exactly <laughs> right. Hair Never in a mind. Can, a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, the the precursor to the uh, infomercial and has done a great job and made a huge <laughs> sure sum of money is. with that. Uh, let's talk. Uh, how much time do we have? We got a few minutes here. A couple right? minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, TV Guide recently uh, mentioned that they're going to be or announced that they're going to be changing their whole format up. And of course, when I first read about this, Brian, I don't know about you, but I thought. Wow, now there's something that seems long overdue, TV Guide, changing up their uh, format of their publication and so forth. Bring us up to date what you know about this. Yeah, it's been a, it's a major overhaul. I mean, the magazine has been, I think, like many mass mass magazines, like Reader's Digest, mm-hmm. TV Guide, uh, I think, you know, the era has come with media fragmentation that one magazine does not fit all. Some of these magazines that go after you know, millions and millions of people are no longer as viable as they once were. And I get also problems with changes in how people discover what's on TV have changed. Most people have cable guys that are on screen. They can just flip through a couple of buttons to figure out what's coming up on HBO or Cinemax 5 or Spike or whatever. Um, and, you know, people don't always uh, go to the print listings anymore. So I think TV Guide is uh, slashed the circulation guarantees by, by, I think, two-thirds or so, which is massive given, given it was a nine million circulation magazine. Really? Um, it's really, really just gutting the circulation and going after a more targeted audience, it seems like. 
Yeah, and they're going to have uh, they're going to bring uh, more articles and uh, more of a people uh, U.S. Weekly style of uh, of reporting. I understand. Yeah, a little more celebrity focus. I think it's going to be a tough field. That that that, that, that part of the magazine world has been very hot as of late. There are a number of entrants and. Uh, are they late to the game, or do they have a kind of selling proposition that will win people over? Remains to be seen. Yeah, it'll be interesting. When will this be coming out? Do you have a date on that? I think it's October, isn't it? I think it's relatively soon, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. okay. With October. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, and you mentioned uh, magazines and, and changing up their format and so forth. Uh, AdAge.com mentioned a new uh, magazine, I don't know if you're familiar with it, Brian, called Relish, where they're going to be letting uh, marketers buy brand mentions and recipes prepared by the editorial staff and buy product placements among staff-recommended kitchen and home gadgets. Uh, are you familiar with Relish? Uh, I've heard a little bit about it. Yeah. What do you think? I guess they're the they're uh, they're along with uh, TV Guides uh, Inside TV launched uh, last April, which is offering seamless ads like sponsored polls about uh, cover stories and logo placements in and the uh, get this look boxes. Um, I'm curious, uh, what, what do you think, uh, your thoughts on this? Is this just magazines coming to life? Just about a minute left here. Magazines are under a lot of stress right now. They, they are, there are, are dozens and dozens of new electronic uh, ad venues like blogs and the Internet and uh, cell phones. These all have sound, action, and motion, and magazines have static print pages. They need to figure out ways to get people to, uh, you know, focus and stop turning pages and really play with the ads. And so... There are a number of different methods that are being used. One of them is to insert, like, CD-ROMs and all other kinds of, like, you know, gimmicks into the binding that people will stop and play with. Another one is considering how to, uh, you know, meld advertising with editorial. It's kind of, it's also kind of a dicey situation because magazines are journalistic uh, creatures. How do you uh, keep the journalism 100% accurate without uh, bias or being... Uh, you know, bought by an advertiser. That's right. Nice. And, you know, I guess if you if you know what you're consuming, it would be, you know, okay. And I think the key is whether they use disclaimers or, or if you, as you read this somewhere up front, you know what you're reading, and that's a different a different animal, in my opinion. We A little less than a minute, I guess about 30 yeah. seconds yeah. left. Ray mentioned several weeks ago about how uh, some newspapers are going to start inserting ads within the editorial. Uh, and I guess that would be the actual logo or some ad. Have you been reading about that, Brian? I know there are things called shadow ads that, that do for movies where they kind of uh, place, uh, you know, kind of a silhouette of a logo or thing over maybe stock tables, that kind of thing. It's going on for a while. It's gotten some notice recently. Uh, it's a little weird. I, w- I would probably suspect. I wonder if people are looking for an ad over their information. It depends on uh, that the proper environment for. Uh, I think I think weird is the operative word there as well. Right. It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth here on the Advertising Show. Our special guest of this hour and next hour too is Brian Steinberg, the advertising columnist with the Wall Street Journal, out of uh, where'd you say you were again? In New York, right? Right. There you go. On uh, we'll be back in just a minute. We've got the, the wacky world of marketing coming up next. So stick around. For the wacky world of marketing. Wacky world of marketing. Here's your host, Bruce Abbott. Our wacky update heads to Baltimore, where AP reports mystery meat from the school cafeteria just may be back. Get ready for lab meat. Researchers say they can grow meat cells in a test tube without a cow or chicken in sight. University of Maryland doctoral student Jason Matheny is studying the lab meat techniques. Matheny predicts the first practical application will be for processed meat-like products similar to sausage or chicken nuggets. But don't look for a lab-grown T-bone anytime soon. 
Matheny says researchers have a long way to go before they'll be able to grow a steak or a chicken breast. And that, my friends, is the wacky world of marketing. This program was written and produced by Bruce Abbott, executive producer of The Advertising Show. Join us next time when we uncover the strange, the bizarre, and unfortunately, the true wacky world of marketing. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. decided to get a testimonial for Scotty's, we went right to the top. That's what I like about a Scotty. It's a tree sneezer. It's the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. And there's a good example of what we always talk about, trying to make sure the, the celebrity that you connect with your ad makes sense for the ad. That's Jimmy Durante and the schnoz. What a perfect person to plug into a Scotty's tissue, right? True. We've got a special guest this hour and next hour as well. His name is Brian Steinberg, advertising columnist for the Wall Street Journal. Brian, uh, welcome back to the show. It is great to have you here. Thanks very much. Yeah, old news by now, but recently you, uh, I guess uh, a week ago Thursday, you had a report on the uh, Bank of America looking for a new advertising uh, agency. And uh, just a little name-dropping, we had Grant O'Neill, Senior Vice President Brand Management Worldwide for BOA, on the show last year. And what was interesting about this is, uh, gosh, without within a month or so, I guess it was last July we had Grant on the show. A month later, he was no longer with uh, uh, BOA, which I thought was kind of strange. And then all of a sudden, in your report, Brian, we understand that uh, they're looking for a new ad agency. It's only been three years since they've been with Gotham out of New York. Did you did you find that this was a, a bit of an abrupt and unusual that a, a company like BOA would be looking for an agency after only a three-year relationship? Yeah, I believe this is a, a company that's actually got a very interesting relationship. They have a holding company uh, deal with Interpublic Group, which is one right. of the bigger ad holding companies. And under this deal, uh, Interpublic has uh, had someone or has someone at the corporate level who kind of manages as many as 16 different agencies. That includes Gotham and it includes uh, uh, Octagon, which does sports marketing, and uh, Draft, which does direct marketing, right. and coordinates all these different companies that work on Bank of America, various promotions and advertising. And uh, it seems like Bank of America seems dissatisfied with something going on in Interpublic. And we, from what we understand, has contacted or is, 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 being, is talking to two rivals, Omnicon Group and WPP Group, uh, two bigger companies, to see if they might want to take their, their account over to one of these companies. Yeah, I thought it was strange as well, 16 IPG agencies working on behalf of uh, one client. I'm wondering if they've set a precedent where Omnicom and WPP are now going to be expected to have a similar type structure with that relationship. Well, I think for Bank of America, that is correct. They, they do like that kind of model. I think they find it to be... Uh, Interesting, you know. WPP has done some of these in the past. They do one with HSBC, which is a big global bank, for example, where I think it's largely coordinated at J. Walter Thompson or JWT. But uh, it was pitched as a so-called holding company account. Um, WPP has been very big on this. Uh, Chief Executive Sir Martin Sorrell is a big believer in this kind of thing, and often throws himself into the pitching as well. Omnicom has been less interested in this kind of stuff. Um, they often let one of their three big agencies, BBDO or DDB or Shy at Day take the helm. Uh, it's my understanding from my reporting that Omnicom is actually going after it as a holding company account, but I wonder down the road if they wouldn't push it down to one of the three bigger ones. Uh, in the past, Omnicom has not been big on having the holding company coordinate advertising. 
they are more interested in the past, at least, at having the holding companies coordinate managing all the rest of the agencies. Yeah, and what was strange about that and what continues to, to, to puzzle me, Brian, is that, uh, you know, these holding companies have always, uh, cons- uh, I guess their whole pitch is that they can uh, keep these agencies separate and avoid any kind of conflict of interest among various uh, competing advertisers in, in major brand categories or major categories in general. And yet, uh, I guess you're, you're running the risk, I would think, that when you get this uh, holding company involved, you, you, you kind of X yourself out of that whole category, don't you? It depends. I mean, I think I think uh, it's interesting that, that Bank of America is talking WPP, which which works with HSBC. So I mean, if you, I guess if you make make the commitment that uh, this part of the account will be housed here and, and you won't be anywhere near it, uh, you know, there are only so many ad holding companies. There are about five five right. big ones and two over in Japan that are smaller. There are only so many places you can go. So <laughs> I guess these guys have to de- are, are now uh, you know just bent on demonstrating they can handle. I know you know WPP. Has accounts with both Procter and Gamble and Unilever, two two very big rivals. Plus Colgate Palmolive, right. a third ha- a, a kind of package goods rival. So there is less and less places. There are fewer and fewer places to go. And you know it, it depends on whether or not these guys can make make the argument that that they they feel that there are some silos or walls so that their clients feel uh, comfortable. Yeah, I guess that'll be the the biggest pitch. Will be after you get the business. Maybe I yeah. don't know. You know, you you also wrote an article about uh, DVRs and TiVo. TiVo is probably the best known uh, DVR product out there. Uh, and we were talking last segment about uh, new and unusual methods of using uh, advertising in, in unusual ways, shall we say? And uh, TV TiVo has a new uh, approach out of getting around some of the fast forwards through commercials, uh, and you mentioned that in this article. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, TiVo has, has introduced uh, some interesting stuff where uh, they call them branded tags. I mean, while you're, if you're fast forwarding or if, you have, if you're watching a commercial on TiVo, they've offered certain advertisers the opportunity to put like, a branded like little doodad in the screen, and if you're the viewer and you are fast forwarding, you go, oh, look at that, something for E-Trade. You can stop and choose to click and examine more. So they say you know, they're not forcing you, they're not forcing an ad on you. They're simply offering you the opportunity to go somewhere else if you'd like to do so. You know, uh, Pete, this is a big challenge. How to advertise when you're watching TV via DVR? You know, you're, you're now rather than watching TV and channel surfing, you're kind of picking programs from a from a schedule that you've chosen to download. It's a big challenge for marketers and advertisers and the ad agencies that serve them. And so uh, getting your head around this new kind of technology is going to be very, very important in the future. Have you seen any uh, examples of how they're using these branded tags yet? Yeah, I, I've, I haven't seen them myself, but I do have talked to them about what they're going to do. And I guess in some instances you'll be, you, can, you can opt to click or opt to you know, punch a button saying, take me there. There's a direct response kind of opportunity. You can, you can uh, respond to an offer or offer some information of your own to the marketer. And maybe you might try and go for a um, te- reserve a test drive with, at a certain dealer, Smart. or get some information sent to you. That kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I- needless to say, we we got to take a break here, uh, Brian. But needless to say, there's never a dull day in advertising and marketing communications, uh-huh. are there? No. <laughs> Back in just a minute, we have more on the advertising show. We've got Brian for the whole two hours as well. So stick around. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is the Advertising Show. 
tub. He knows stolen the different vitamins we need to make Flintstones. Yabba-dabba-doo, yabba-dabba-doo. Flintstone vitamins are good to chew with vitamin A, vitamin B's, vitamin C, and vitamin D. Hope your body work and grow right. We put them all together to make Flintstones. On the advertising show, Ray Shillen's Brad Forsyth, and we have actually have uh, Flintstone vitamins in the green room. We suggest that our guests uh, take those, uh, especially Brian getting ready for hour number two. Always great talking with Brian Steinberg, uh, the columnist for the Wall Street Journal, and a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of stuff going on there. Advertising columnist, I should say. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be back. We've got more with Brian coming up uh, next hour. A little bit later on this hour, it's our. Well, it's really a, a mix of both, and we've never done this before. Luckily, we have both uh, intros uh, for this good advertising and bad advertising. So, <laughs> we'll have that coming up sure. shortly. Uh, next segment on the advertising show, and also looking forward to hearing from Patrick Meyer as well. Yeah. So, and even though it's Sunday, we're still going to, with all the blue laws and everything, we're still going to be featuring about vodka. 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 Yeah. vodka. Well, it's after twelve, so it's okay. In some parts of the world, yes, you're right. True. Okay. Some parts of the world, it's Monday. That's true, which mm-hmm. is perfectly okay to sell mm-hmm. the stuff, right? Yeah. Hey, Mercedes is, is turning away from uh, traditional automotive advertising. Well, do you think they're slumping sales? I don't know. <laughs> uh, advertising, showcasing a car and a scenic background, a new Mercedes-Benz uh, ad's created by, uh, uh, it says, this has got to be a typo. It says, Lobby Doo, <laughs> Leo Burnett. <laughs> Is that what they're saying? Lobby-doo. Yeah. Uh, feature a potential owner of a luxury car with a tagline, when did you know you were a Mercedes-Benz driver? Hmm. So, interesting. It's weird. Getting into their DNA or something like that, I guess. That is weird. You know, Mercedes, <clears throat> excuse me, has not found their, uh, I don't think they're, I think they're still searching. They haven't found their way with their campaign yet. Well, you and I talked about the fact that they seem to have confused uh, us with so many different cars. Right, models. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what, <laughs> Right. you know, I, I know what a BMW is and mm-hmm. I know what a, I know what a Z4 is and uh, so but, on and so and forth. And it wasn't but, so long ago that, that uh, Mercedes had the same number of models or close to it as BMW. BMW has a handful of models. Right. You know what they all are. Right. And with uh, Mercedes, as we've said before here on the show, as you mentioned, um, you don't want the bus boy driving away in the same model, at least Mercedes. You don't want a Mercedes, uh, your, your waiter or your bus boy, right. driving away in the same type of car yes. that you have, at least from a manufacturer standpoint. Even sure. though you have the high end, who wants the, uh, you know, if you're buying a high end vehicle, you don't want Joe Sixpack out there driving the same brand. That's true. That's yeah. true. My favorite is still the 7 Series. Of course, you, didn't you have a 6? Is that right? Or you, you had a 5? Well, what was it a long time I'm ago? I'm trying to think. 8. It was an 8 it Series. It was an 8 Series. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that got a pretty penny somewhere. Well, <laughs> i got to tell you, it was way too much car for me. and uh, But it was fun. I enjoyed Classic it. Classic car. Yeah. Classic. Two, two or three years, and that was enough. And I didn't kill myself, so I thought, okay, I got got by that one quick enough. It was a 12-cylinder, too, wasn't 12, it? it was a, well, they made two versions, and mine, an 850 is a 12. I had the 840. Wow. What which was, that, was an Was that an 11? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I wonder it, it never ran right, you know? It, you know, any car that has a speed, speed uh, speedometer that says 160, yeah. you probably don't want to... Uh, Drink and drive. No, I mean, you don't want to drive very fast. That's too much. Period. <laughs> what do you got there? Well, it's weird. I, you know, I, I, like you say about a typo, I, I'm, I'm looking at this here, and the Fremont Company, producers of Frank's Sauerkraut, wants to be uh, 
uh, relevant to its consumer here and wants to reinvent sauerkraut, possibly as the uh, vegetable version of Viagra. Uh, <laughs> Big Frontier developed a uh, sexy sauerkraut campaign in an effort to make the vegetable appealing to the 20 to 40-year-old demographic. Okay. Don't know why they uh, targeted that particular demo. But the uh, campaign highlights the Katina, a vodka martini, made with vermouth-infused sauerkraut and a stuffed olive. What? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, so, you know, he, here comes the uh, a sexy part. The second phase of the campaign consists of a series of events touting the health benefits of sauerkraut for active young adults, okay. including studies that provide libido enhancement. Sauerkraut? Well, that's what they're saying. Sauerkraut. Would you mind passing that, please? <laughs> All it is is giving you gas. <laughs> you have a, uh, you know, hot dog sales will probably increase. <laughs> but anyway, the campaign uh, has okay. hit. This is some interesting markets, and I don't know why this is. The campaign has hit, no surprise here, Chicago. Okay, now here's where it gets interesting. Des Moines, Omaha, Milwaukee. Yeah. And St. Louis. Why those markets are they? Uh, Germans guess, and Polish people. I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Sauerkraut, huh? Yeah, sauerkraut, and uh, it's a catini, catini, as in kraut, I guess, catini. A vodka vodka martini made with vermouth-infused sauerkraut stuffed olive. Oh, I think the best martini olive I ever had was in Chicago at that restaurant. What was that restaurant? It was the blue cheese. uh, Yeah, the blue cheese. And nobody has that. Olive. Nobody has those things. What was that? That was uh, an Italian restaurant. Yeah, what was that? We're losing it. Well, oh, well, we been had, in the sun too long. But we were walking time. that night, so it was okay. That it we, was, it was we forgot fun. the name of that restaurant. Yeah. Advertising showcase, advertising combined, the first time ever on the advertising show. And it's coming up next. Uh, don't forget, we've got more uh, next hour as well with more with uh, Brian Steinberg, uh, advertising columnist for the Wall Street Journal. So stick around. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. Good morning. Are you not my daisies? Right, Mother Nature. They're Chiffon's new daisy servers. Taste. Oh, it's my sweet, creamy butter. Nope, it's new Chiffon Margarine. Chiffon has the fresh churn flavor of butter. It's Chiffon Margarine, not butter. Oh, it's not nice to fool Mother Nature. If you think it's butter, but it's not. Back on the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. And we've got uh, this segment devoted to uh, every week we either do good advertising or bad advertising. Okay, but this week it seems to be a mix. You've got a good ad that turns out to be not as good as it should be. So with that said, we need to play And this. now it's time for the Advertising Show's Advertising Showcase, an outstanding example of on-target advertising for the good stuff. Here's Ray and Brad. So, Brad, let's talk about the bad stuff, the good stuff the first, good. Okay? okay? And then we'll play the intro to the other one. Okay. Well, last Friday, if you happen to have last Friday, August 12th, uh, Wall Street Journal, uh, Main News, Section A, we have a beautiful full-page ad. Uh, very well done, wouldn't you say, Ray? Oh, it's gorgeous. Very well gorgeous. done. We have a headline uh, that says Pravda voted the best vodka. And then above that, in a black type, a reversed out white uh, t- uh, type, black bar, I should say, reversed white type, it says Dream of Dinner with a Cool Pravda Martini. Interestingly enough, we were just, uh, uh, as a little sidebar, we were just talking about the uh, sauerkraut vodka. Right, exactly. Well, here, you look at the asterisk at the top, and you come down here, and it says it's extraordinary. Enjoy with vermouth. I'm sorry, without. Enjoy without 
vermouth, lemon, or olive. So they're wanting you to drink it straight. Wow. That's what they're saying. It's so good to, you know, just drink it. Sure. The Pravda martini is just straight vodka, I guess. So anyway, Pravda vo- voted the best vodka uh, at a tasting of the uh, experts of the World Beverage Championships in San Francisco 2004. Pravda was voted uh, Pravda vodka was selected as the best vodka, and then it shows the finish, and vo- uh, Pravda is the f- number one, and then mm-hmm. they list uh, eight others. Okay. A number eight position, if you're interested, is Belvedere. Number yeah. seven is Great Goose. Okay. So, you know, others uh, above them, I'm not even familiar with some of these. Level, 42 below, I've never heard of that. Mm-hmm. Chopin, you've heard of that. So anyway, uh, the interesting part here is it talks about being able to call a phone number or a website. We're going to get to the website in a second, a but I want you to hear what you get when you call the 800 uh, toll free number. It's very smart, too. special offer for Pravda Miniature. After tasting Pravda, we believe that you'll find it's the world's finest vodka. Included with your special offer will be a list of stores where you can buy the miniature. We will also send you a brochure explaining how Pravda vodka is made. Due to the high volume of requests, please allow four to six weeks for delivery. Please speak clearly and slowly. At the sound of the tone, kindly leave your name and address. There we go. Okay. So it goes on from there, and we can all speak loudly and order about 50 million uh, bottles here all at once sure worldwide. We can. But, but they also suggest that we go to the web. Now, here's the here's where this good turns bad. Very interesting on this app. And now it's time for the bad advertising item of the week. All right. So what do they do, Ray? They give us, uh, underneath it where it says judge for yourself, simply call, call 1-800 and they give the toll-free number. Right. Or? Or for a special offer. Of course, that's the special offer you heard. They're going to send you a miniature bottle of Pravda. Great mm-hmm. idea to sample that. Uh, and drive web traffic or yeah. drive traffic, drive sampling traffic. But when you get to the website, mm-hmm. it says it's under construction. Yeah, that's the, the weird The website part. is under construction. Right. Now, if you if you Google Pravda, you will find a, a, an active Pravda website. But if you just go to pravdavodka.com. Which is what it says in the ad. It ain't there. Right. And, you ha- and uh, when you go to, what's the other... Uh, it's uh, slash, uh, slash Pravda HTM. Yeah, just yeah, slash. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, there you get a fully active, and it looks like a, a website that was developed to tie in with this uh, ad campaign. And it was, and I went ahead and filled out the the, uh, the little uh, email thing mm-hmm. uh, to request it as well. Mm-hmm. So it was active, and it did accept it. Right, and our theory is is that the and you do tech people out there know this. You have to submit once you uh, put up a page holder, which is what they have at Pravda.com. You have to submit your new website to the search engines. Mm-hmm. And apparently, uh, as of Friday, or here now Sunday, uh, they have not uh, submitted their... Uh, their uh, well, the, well, they really have, because if, if you Google it, you mm-hmm. will go to but, that page, and it's active. But if you just type in pravdavodka.com, right. it's not there. Right, but what I'm saying is, is that that slash Pravda HTM was right. the development site Oh, I see what you're saying. That they end up shifting over and make it the real site, the .com site, Mm -hmm. and then submit it to Google and and Yahoo and the other search engines. And they haven't done that yet. But yet here they've spent, I don't know what a full-page ad cost in the Wall Street Journal. At least least $100. Yeah, yeah, maybe even $300 on a bad day. But, yeah, we know it's tens of thousands of dollars. And they've got two ways, two channels to get uh, uh, consumer uh, involvement here with the 800 toll-free and the uh, website. Great idea there. So many times they only give a a website, which if you can give them an alternative, uh, it's a great idea. Well-laid-out ad. And incidentally, when you pulled the uh, website up, Ray, even though it's a page, 
page holder. Mm-hmm. This is a beautiful, beautifully designed site. And it tied in with the magazine ad, which is wonderful. Right. But uh, but uh, something, I think Eddie, the web guy, he got drunk. Left, left early on Friday. He drank the little miniatures. Took the little miniatures home. Yeah, he has exactly. more than one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie forgot to do something. All right. So they're going to find out about this Monday. They think they'll have a meeting? Yeah. Yeah, I think they will. Happy hour. There you go. Still uh, more to come in the advertising show uh, with Brian Steinberg, advertising columnist for the Wall Street Journal. We look forward to uh, talking again with uh, Brian uh, uh, coming up next hour, along with Patrick Meyer, the marketing insider. Um, let's see, what else do we have? Uh, Jeffrey Gittimer coming, uh, coming up here, too, as well. So it's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the advertising show, and it's being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. Also invite you to go to our website, theadvertisingshow.com, where soon, and we'll talk about this next hour, a podcast available too. From The Advertising Show, The Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production. Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Welcome back to hour number two of the Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production. We get to continue our conversation this hour with Brian Steinberg. Advertising columnist for the Wall Street Journal. We'll also have uh, just a few moments from now. Patrick Meyer joining us. Jeffrey Gittimer a little bit later on. And uh, we hope uh, you'll stick around for that with uh, a whole bunch of stuff coming up this hour, too. So what do you got there? Well, you know, excuse me, there's been a lot of uh, debate about uh, drug and pharmaceutical advertising. I'm going to talk about that later this segment, which was some interesting uh, information that came out. But before we do that, Ray, I thought this was rather interesting here. Uh, You're a big... uh, fan of home improvement and uh, sure. H, uh, home and garden television, for right, example. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, HGTV.com has launched a bath design center uh, website with various uh, in-play sponsors I thought was interesting. But what users can do is click on a featured bathroom or a designer bathroom and play around with all of the options. I'm going to check that out after the show. I'm going to check the uh, That's cool. toilet paper roll to see if that works. But anyway, visitors can yeah. click on to uh, any particular components there and choose a, a virtually every aspect of a bath, including wall color, flooring, and fixtures. And the uh, user starts with one of uh, the six most common floor plans and then uh, has the choice to either update or uh, create their own luxury showroom. And the uh, what I thought was really cool was the fact that it was... Uh, uh, has a sponsor that that design that uh, uh, sponsors this particular website hgtv.com yes. which is a, a clever idea okay yeah. who was the sponsor do they say it doesn't say oh. i guess they're trying to get you they what's well, the bathroom is maybe like Kohler or something like probably, that. probably i would imagine but then if it's not Kohler, it should be mm-hmm. yeah how cool yeah. they're always doing great stuff uh, that, that is an incredible absolutely incredible um uh, television network, and they've got mm-hmm. a lot of other good ones out there as well. Yeah, TLC with the uh, the trading spaces stuff. Now that that has cooled off, there uh, they've gone in a different direction. Um, 
getting back to what they originally had done, a little bit more of lifestyle-type programming as opposed to home improvements. So mm-hmm. kind of cool. Hey, you're a bottled water fan, mm-hmm. uh, right? Yeah. And we had, who was the guy that we had on from uh, Bottled Waters? Yeah, uh, it was a, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he, he comes from a, a website called Finewaters. Finewaters.com. Dot com, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Starbucks, uh, they... Um, they have a new brand of water. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Ethos, uh, selling to the rich to help the poor. Hmm. <laughs> Should have called it Robin Hood. So you and I will get some benefit from this. I guess so. <laughs> Anytime. I'm looking for a check. In an effort to grab a bigger share of the fast-growing $9.8 billion, a billion a year bottled water industry, the Starbucks rolling out the brand new uh, brand of bottled water. It's not a twist like a lemon or lime or anything, but the, the twist is that Ethos Water, uh, a tiny s- startup, this is amazing, Acquired by Starbucks in April, he had six employees. Hmm. Will donate five cents for every dollar eighty bottle of water that it sells to fund drinking water projects in poor countries in Africa, Asia, and Latin America. Hmm. They bought this uh, bottled water company for what was it? Five bucks. Five point eight billion. Hmm. Isn't that amazing? But Six know, employees. Why don't you just send the water over there to those you know underdeveloped countries instead of the money? Because the, the you know the underground the the you know politics they're they're just going to you know siphon off all those donations anyway. They're never, yeah. never going to make it to the right people. I don't know. But you know those people know. at Starbucks they're brilliant. They first of all give you a coffee that's going to dehydrate you, yeah. and then they sell you some water. What a concept! Yeah. yeah. Well, they they take care of you. That's customer and service. If you've had a few drinks the night before. You're yeah. even really de- dehydrated after the coffee. <laughs> Haven't tried their green tea. They've got the green tea stuff, have yeah. you? No, I, I figure uh, I'll wait until that comes in pill form. They say it's healthy for you. Gr- green tea in pill form? In pill form. You know, it's supposed to be, uh, uh, helps uh, prevent cancer, they say. They say, exactly. Have and you heard that? Tastes pretty good, too, as a matter of yeah. fact. But I'm, I'm looking to try that as well. But anyway, a buck eighty, and they'll send. They'll send the money overseas, and they hope to sell a lot of these dollar eighty bottles of water. Don't to, they? Don't to, they already have bottled water at Starbucks? They do, don't they? Well, I've actually seen the. They did. They did. They carried the the standard brands, and now I have seen that bottle in there, and I never knew that it was their own bottle because it looks like a separate company. Interesting. Just thought it was something unusual, but now I know that that money is going to the uh, to the, the underworld people. In, in, <laughs> To the underworld of those countries that you just mentioned. Black market yeah. or something like that. Right. Um, let's, let's do Patrick Meyer real quick here. Hey, by the way, we've got uh, Brian Steinberg coming up here in just a few minutes as well. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about now versus not now. Over the last six months, we spent a lot of time listening to consumers. And one thing I heard still echoes loud and clear. This one male consumer in his 20s said, You need to understand, the power is with us. The internet, word of mouth, we're now empowered. Let me share with you the new dimensions as we define them. The first is smart value activists. They seek out value with search engines and the internet and word of mouth in a whole different way. Number two, the consumer is looking for what's new, what's different, new features, new services. Number three, Word of mouth on steroids. This is all about cell phones, text messaging, email. Rapidly, you'll find out whether something's cool or hip. Number four, the consumer doesn't think about channels anymore. They think about all their options and they work them interchangeably. Number five, search engine gurus. Their first move is to Google, to Yahoo, to the Internet. This completely changes the value game because they do their shopping before they walk into the store. Number six, when 74-year-old women... Are going online, you know the world has shifted. 
Everyone's tech-enabled. It's just a question of what level. Number seven, the joystick nation. A hundred million households in the United States have some form of video game, and more coming every day. Number eight, the consumer can imagine things you can't even believe. They've seen cell phones with cameras, they've seen cars with GPS, and they can imagine so much more, and they want it now. So, what does this mean to you, your brand, your client, your world? The now consumer demands now marketing. You've been listening to the Marketing Insider, heard every week here on the Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. This is Patrick Meyer, CEO of Now, and remember, the marketing revolution has begun. For more, go to nowinc.net. Always has something really insightful to uh, to add to the show as well. Patrick uh, Meyer here. Mm-hmm. On the Advertising Show with Rachel Owens and Brad Forsyth, uh, just about to join in conversation again this hour with uh, Brian Steinberg, advertising columnist for the Wall Street Journal. We've got a, about a minute or so. Yeah. Well, you were mentioning uh, different programs and so forth on HGTV. The Weather Channel is getting to uh, getting set, as of Monday, actually, getting set to take the wraps off a rebranding initiative that will incorporate an updated logo, tagline, and the first of several new programs. Uh, that you'll be seeing the network will greet uh, viewers with its online uh, with it both online and through the traditional media with a new tag bringing weather to life i kind of like that mm-hmm. and then uh, they also will have some new uh, new programs one in particular i thought was kind of interesting uh, first shift uh, starts uh, september 17th a major shift with a uh, program that's called weekend view a saturday sunday morning program oh, designed right. to help uh, viewers plan their weekends which, you know, I think if there's a heightened interest in uh, weather, it would be for the weekend. You would think so, yeah. Sure. So that's a good idea. Weather Channel's always been good in doing the, the right stuff, too. They're also aligning with L.L. Bean, uh, and they're going to be wearing their clothes and promoting their clothes on the Weather Channel as no well. No kidding. Yeah. So they've got some great clothes already you can buy. Um, the Weather Channel does? The Weather Channel does, yeah. Shirts yeah. and, you know parkas and all that kind of stuff, but now it's LLB stuff as well. Brian Steinberg in just a moment with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Cut. Reload. That's a complicated looking machine, isn't it? Funny thing is, a lot of people still think that taking home movies is that complicated, too. If that were true, believe me, I wouldn't take them. For instance, he's reloading the film. Let me show you how easy Kodak has made it for you and me with a Kodak Instamatic movie camera. On the advertising show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, back with uh, more conversation with Brian Steinberg. That commercial makes, uh, I, I, bet, I bet Dick Van Dyke still doesn't know how to program his VCR. <laughs> Not with that ottoman in the living room. <laughs> Kodak uh, may have showed him how to make movies, but or maybe he knows how to work his TiVo. Who knows? Brian Steinberg is the advertising columnist with the Wall Street Journal. And uh, by the way, if you want to check out more, even if you don't know about the Wall Street Journal, live under a rock, uh, WSJ.com. And Brian, uh, welcome back to hour number two here on the advertising show. Thanks much. Yeah, it's great to talk to someone that not only we've had on the show before, but we met Brian at the American Ad Federation. That's not, right. Not this past year, but the, the year, year before. before. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you're as wonderful in person as you are in your column. You're very kind. 
Yeah, well, that's okay. The, the, you know, you mentioned last hour Procter & Gamble when we were talking about holding companies, a huge uh, advertiser, of course, uh, worldwide. And, you know, P&G uh, recently mentioned that they're going to be cutting back their network television uh, prior to the upfronts. They said that uh, cable will fall as much as 25%, while broadcast spending was expected to be cut as uh, around 5%. And that, according, by the way, to the Wall Street Journal. So I'm curious, uh, Brian, what, where are we with uh, P&G spending their ad dollars? Where, where are they putting their money if they're pulling out a TV? Well, based on our reporting, it was our information they were not pulling out, they were pulling out traditional TV and, yeah. and considering you have more creative ways to use the medium. Product placement is one of those. Um, other kinds of creative ways involve, for example, a few years ago, a month ago or so, uh, they did a thing called a show commercial where they bought all the time around a lifetime movie and, and aired commercials, you know, kind of regular commercials, but also aired these kind of uh, segments that were a few minutes in length that kind of demonstrated people using their products. So that's kind of a different way to use TV. So I think there's they are kind of looking to dial back, it seems like, when we understand traditional television usage in favor of more creative ways. Right. And you mentioned the show Marshall and then Lifetime's movie program that they that they sponsored, I guess, which is kind of, as you say, a show within a show idea. Yeah. Any evaluation on the success of that undertaking yet? Have you I, heard? That's a good question. So it's worth, worthwhile following up. I mean, uh, they'd have, you know, this is one of the big questions these days is, does my ad work for me or not? Yeah. And it's always been very tough to kind of take a traditional TV commercial or print ad and figure out if it uh, sparks people to go to the store and buy the product. So for those that read the uh, Wall Street Journal, if we see an article on that with your uh, byline, we'll know that we gave you that idea. I guess you have to. Uh, <laughs> it all started here. Yeah, okay. Well, keeping with the topic of P&G, they're launching a line of, uh, line of skin care products, which I thought was uh, a bit strange, called uh, Boss Skin. Boss, of course, being, you know, Boss, right? No, I don't know. Well, boss. it's a it's a designer. And Hugo Boss line. Hugo Boss. Hugo, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 of course, absolutely. Yeah, well, Ray's more of a JD East uh, English leather type guy. But anyway, Polo, uh, pal. Polo. Sorry, yeah. uh, but as an extension of their existing Boss Men's fragrance brand, they're bringing the skin product, uh, skincare product for men. But yet, Brian, what I find strange is some ninety percent of P and G products are purchased by women, and most of its marketing is aimed at women as well. Uh, yet P and G is trying to make their skin product. Uh, more macho, I guess. Isn't this a, a bit of a risk on behalf of P&G for uh, shifting to a, a male-oriented product here? Well, it might seem so, but keep in mind they're buying Gillette. Now, they, they have a deal to buy Gillette down the road, and I think they're going to have to come a lot more savvy about how to market to men. Yeah. Now, they also have Old Spice, which is, as you know, kind of a hip, uh, you know, deodorant and, and also kind of, uh, I guess, antiperspirant, aftershave that is aimed at younger men, and they've had, had quite some success with that kind of thing. Really? Mm-hmm. So, if, I mean, I guess they see a new market. They see some growth for some certain kind of products. And I guess it makes more sense for them to kind of try going after uh, the male consumer, given that Gillette is supposed to come under their umbrella very soon. Well, you bring up a good point. You know, we'll see uh, Yeah, we'll see if they have the, uh, the savvy, the marketing savvy, to be able to pull that off. Certainly, we know that they are highly successful at reaching... Uh, uh, the, the female market across America. We'll see how they do with uh, targeting men. You mentioned, uh, we were talking about deodorant. The natural segue would be what? Beer? I think beer would be in order, wouldn't it, Ray? Well, armpit, too. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, you use your armpit to open those uh, beers, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the latest on uh, Anheuser-Busch versus Miller in the beer awards? I, re- I read recently in the Wall Street Journal that uh, AB is being pressured, uh, get, getting pressure, I should say, from not only Miller as a, a major competitor, but also from uh, the wine and, more importantly, spirits seem to be coming on strong. There's a lot of questions about how much growth beer has. I think it's the same thing as for cola, like Pepsi and Coke's main product. 
These are mature uh, drinks, and the market is pretty well, uh, I don't know, it's saturated, but it seems to be, you know, that people's carb tastes have, have changed, obviously, and some people are going after wine, that sort of thing. I know Anheuser has gone after interesting a few new drinks in the last couple of months. They brought one out called Tilt, which just I think was last week or so. It's a raspberry yes. flavor concoction. Mm-hmm. Yes. This, this follows this thing called B to the E, which I guess has echinacea or some other sorts of uh, crazy, interesting uh, <laughs> drinks that are out these days. Weird. Uh, you know, youth, youth, young, younger people are going after uh, different sorts of drinks and different kinds of uh, drinking occasions, as they call it in the, in the beer industry. And so they're they're kind of, I guess, looking around for new things they can do. Why would you want to? Uh, this is interesting. Tilt, a raspberry-flavored malt drink that includes caffeine. Guarana, guarana, and ginseng, <laughs> targeted at young adults, an after-work drink. That's weird. Seems like you're going a uh, uh, different direction. Why would you want caffeine after work? <laughs> uh. Well, you know, Ray and I were out at dinner a few nights ago, and uh, the waitress or, or food server, whatever the 2005 version of uh, waitress is. Flight attendant. Where we were, it probably would go for waitress. And she offered uh, both Ray and I some coffee, and Ray said, I didn't drink this much liquor to so- sober up. So, uh, you know, he had a good point there, which ties in with what we're talking about here. CBS News and CBS Digital uh, Brian, uh, we'll be turning, uh, we'll be tuning, uh, hello, we'll be turning into cbsnews.com into a multi-platform digital news network that will uh, create a 24-hour on-demand news service, and yet everybody soon will, will, will I'm wondering, how, where, are we, where do we end with this? Uh, There's 24 on-demand service, we, you know, it started with uh, CNN many years ago, and now we're CBS uh, jumping into this 24-hour on-demand uh, service. Is this really needed, do you think, today? Well, I think people get their information in different fashion. If you're if you're a TV outlet, people are on the web a lot more. I, I think the web and the TV are are you know, are kind of converging a little bit. So if you're if you're a consumer who may maybe logs on before you go to bed to get your news, or when you, when you get up in the morning, the CBS Evening News isn't on at those times. True. And so you know, I, if you're interested in kind of being a news outlet, you need to go where the consumers are going. And people seem to be grazing more for news and information on the web. Uh, and thus it makes sense to kind of have things that are being put up on the web uh, you know, regularly. Yeah, uh, my guess was that it had to do with wanting to go after a younger demo. That too. With you know, the, the evening news is not for your young, younger people or slow at work. Uh, if you look at the demographics of the various network evening news programs and people who advertise to them, it's, it's a much older audience, a lot of pharmaceutical advertisers, and it's not the venue for you know people who want to buy cell phones or you know new technology or go to the movies. We're going to take a break here. Each of us has our own little glass of tilt. Just kidding. On the advertising show, it's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth and our special guest. So happy to have Brian Steinberg with us again, advertising columnist with the Wall Street Journal. And we've got one more segment with Brian. We'll do that in just a minute. Right, uh, Coming up right now, it's uh, Jeffrey Ginnimer talking about something that is important. If you're an entrepreneur, listen closely. Loyal as a dog is what he's talking about today. On sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. Loyal as a dog. Every one of you has heard it, and most of you have experienced it. 
What a wonderful feeling to have the unconditional love and affection that comes from loyalty. It's the highest form of friendship and the highest form of commitment. A loyal pet, a loyal servant, a loyal friend, a loyal spouse, a loyal fan. Loyal is unyielding, unrelenting, and ever faithful. True to the end. It's with that understanding that customer service is centered. So if you have customers, why do you want satisfied customers? Why not loyal? So how do you get to loyal? How do you get to loyal in the relationships with your customer? Well, it's simple. You apply the principles that build loyalty in every aspect of your business and then in every aspect of your life. Now, it's not quite that simple. Loyalty is more delicate with customers because there's a balance of money and value. Loyalty is not just granted. It's an earned distinction. Loyalty is the highest mark. Loyalty is success. Loyalty is solid gold. Loyalty is golden business. And your golden opportunity is to win by earning loyalty from others. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Colgate toothpaste, the tooth toughener. How can that be? Well, it contains advanced MFP fluoride. It's the only toothpaste that does, and it does toughen tooth enamel. With tougher enamel, the children won't have so many cavities. It's that simple. On the advertising show, it's one of Dick Orkin's favorite pitchmen. His name is Arthur Godfrey of uh, many years past for Colgate Toothpaste. Our uh, final segment here, and it goes so quickly, Brian Steinberg, advertising columnist with the Wall Street Journal. And, Brian, welcome back to the advertising show. Thanks much. Yeah, Brian, I'm curious. Is there uh, we, we like to tease a lot here on the advertising show. Anything that you're working on that you can share with us that we'll be seeing maybe in the next week or two uh, in the Wall Street Journal? Uh, that's always a dicey one. <laughs> it's <laughs> called a scoop. It's called there. a radio scoop. <laughs> Um, I I prefer not to actually, <laughs> but I mean I can certainly tell you. I mean we're looking at you know the, the big topics these days. There's a, a lot of different changes in how people advertise and where they are placed in their commercials, and we're always interested in that kind of stuff. We're always interested in things that seem kind of a little eyebrow raising or counterintuitive. So we're always looking for stories that uh, kind of uh, make people go, "Huh, why is that happening?" Yeah. Hmm. Well, I told you that if before the show that if I was going to ask that question to get your uh, National Enquirer or Star Magazine out and just read a couple headlines, and that would handle that, <laughs> throw, throw your entire competition off there. Right. The, what, what did you think about uh, the recent announcement of uh, Adidas and, and Reebok and the purchase there? What, do you th- what are they trying to do? Are, they, are you expecting to see uh, one of those brand names go away? Will this really impact Nike? What, what's happening there? Yeah, it's always an interesting question whether or not the brand name stays or not. Reebok's a very... I think they're very different brands, Adidas and, and Reebok, quite honestly. I think sure. one's a little more international in flavor, and one, they're around for a much longer period of time. Reebok, in some sense, was, I guess, came of age in the 80s, I believe. And uh, Nike's always been kind of a very smart marketer. They've taken things from, from footwear to all kinds of other stuff as well. And it's a real attitude and real kind of culture, uh, and you'll have to see what happens. I think Adidas 
Uh, also, Adidas Agency is, is Shy at Day, which is very, very much known for uh, really getting people uh, to know about brands. I and mean, they did the iPod, which mm-hmm. is, uh, speaks for itself, I think. Right. I agree. And although, uh, I don't know, I will have to keep an eye on that and see if, uh, if, if, I guess if one goes away, it would obviously be Reebok, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I mean, it's a sm- I think it's probably a smaller, uh, I mean, Adidas is a big global brand. Reebok is probably more of an American kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think, I, I wonder if, if we can make Adidas seem as cool as Nike. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm curious. Uh, you know, we in the in the business, uh, we tend not to partake in a lot of what we consume every day from the business side. I know Ray spent an entire life. Uh, almost uh, in the radio business, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, as a result, uh, when you get off your job, you don't tune in the radio, right, Ray? You've been in that business long enough to where it's like, why would you do that on your own time, right? Yeah, you're exactly. So right. I'm curious, what does a columnist for the Wall Street Journal read? Um, just to keep to keep the business, or just just in general. Well, just you on a personal level. Well, I, I, I try to read fiction actually to take some time off from. Uh, Work because I read a lot of newspapers and magazines, yeah. um, but it's, it's actually hard to find time to finish a book. So I, I do try and have like a something I'm going at uh, regularly to just kind of keep uh, have something a little bit of an alternative. Yeah, so you, you really can't read a, a, a publication a, like your own or, or a business publication without feeling like you're at work, right? Yeah, if you're trying to keep it up in competition. What, who they talk to for that story? What are they working on? Is, they, is that an angle we didn't have? You're always trying to. Yeah, it's not, it's not as much fun as, as, as say, like reading a, 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 a piece of fiction, sort of. Yeah. And you probably read, uh, what, Advertising Age, since they're a national sponsor, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I do read most of the trades, including also the other one, too. Uh, ad ad <laughs> Week. Ad Week. We, we can, can say that. Sure. Hey, you know, this is, uh, they don't lean on us. To it's America. We can say whatever we want. Yeah, our content, they don't uh, They don't lean on us on editorial. We say what we want here. Uh, ad Age, Ad Week. I mean, there's, um, uh, uh, been in the last year or so, many different websites. Like ad Rants is a very interesting one. Right. Ad Grunts is an interesting one. Right. So there's all kinds of different stuff to kind of keep up on. And Sometimes, you know, frankly, there's so much going on in the world of, of, of viral advertising and word-of-mouth advertising that sometimes you never know where you're going to get an idea from clients. Yeah, and if you want to visit uh, that competing publication, that's adweek, W-E-A-K, dot com. That's <laughs> actually, uh, I know that. I know that, and that was Brian Steinberg's words, not mine. Uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's jump into talking a little bit about wireless. Uh, it's suggested that uh, wireless users, <clears throat> excuse me, want uh, news on the go. Any, any uh, interest that the Wall Street Journal might have in the works? For wireless stuff? Yeah, wireless on the news being uh, sent through uh, wireless devices. We have talked to our, our electronic guys, but I think we may have news alerts that are sent out to, to cell phones. I think we may have had them for a little, for a little I know we have, mm-hmm. have alerts through the Internet, and I know I on my email, I wonder if we don't, also don't have text messaging. Yeah. The, uh, the online journal's got a lot of different things going on. Yeah, and let's see, what is the uh, what is the uh, technology side of your... I know New York Times, for example, has New York Times Digital, I think they call that. What is your... Uh, we just, I, I know, the, well, I think we have a senior vice president who's in charge of uh, electronic publishing, and all things flow from there. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we'll send your complaints, too. No, we don't want to do that. Uh, I'm curious. You know, we, we featured uh, Audi uh, as our advertising item of the week a few months ago for their stolen campaign designed to promote their new A3 model by portraying, uh, portraying if those aren't familiar with it, uh, portraying the, the vehicle as, as it was stolen and asking uh, viewers uh, for this TV campaign to go to a web address and uh, if they had more information about the car being uh, its whereabouts, I should say. The URL link and what, what our com- uh, criticism was, the URL link of the site. In less than a minute. Instead of going to a, uh, a, a, a 
microsite. They took you to the A3 sales page, which, which I thought was rather unusual. And in less than a minute, did you? Uh, what were your thoughts on that? I know you guys reported on that. Yeah, I thought it was a very, it's a very interesting technique. I wonder if it if it brings in the mass audience or not. Yeah. Maybe it's not as important as it used to be. Is to bring people who are really interested in Audi and playing games with it, and you can kind of get the Audi brand into their heads as they're kind of interacting with an interesting kind of Dungeons and Dragons type adventure on the web. Uh, it, I, it's a very different way to advertise. I, I think it's probably just in its early days. There are other examples with, 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 with uh, I think, Xbox, and I think even the movie AI uses this kind of stuff a few years back. Right. It's, it's not done terribly often, but it is interesting to see how these things happen. Yeah. Unfortunately, we, it goes so quickly, yeah. doesn't it? Brian yeah. Steinberg, uh, advertising columnist, The Wall Street Journal. Go to WSJ.com, or for goodness sakes, just pick up the paper as well. Back right. in just a minute. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Good to talk to you guys, as always. I enjoyed it. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. What is this, a sleepwalking conquest? Why don't you laugh, you jack? Come on, kid. Wake up. Thanks. I beat it, Dad. If you need waking up, slap on some skin bracer. Yeah, you know, it's funny, uh, Brad. Uh, Brian was talking about Old Spice as being, being marketed to... Uh, Young to people. a younger demographic, mm-hmm. and it seems to me that wouldn't you like want to change the name? All right, uh, to like old uh, new spice. Well, old special. <laughs> something like this, something different. Something. It yeah. doesn't make any sense to me, but that's yeah. okay. We love uh, having Brian on. He's great. Yeah. Uh, and the Wall Street Journal, obviously, <laughs> a bit of a world class publication as oh, well, yeah. with some pretty good ads from time to time, with the exception of this weekend. Uh, well, <laughs> we can't make them all good. No, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. You know, the, this Coke Zero thing. Remember how I told you how confusing this is? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what, I don't even know what's out there. Let me guess. They're gone. Well, it says Coca-Cola to clarify Coke Zero marketing message. Well, that's a to good clarify. idea. clarify, oh. Yeah. It says analysts say confusing ads and the company's simultaneous launch of a similar product led to lackluster sales of Coca-Cola's new Coke Zero, but company officials say a sustained marketing campaign will boost sales of the diet soft drink. Hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. The company is debuting a 15-second uh, spot. TV uh, this coming week uh, clarifying with a clarifying tagline. Well, that's, that's a good place to start, a clarifying tagline. Which is what? Are you a zero? Real Coca-Cola taste, zero calories, no compromise. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's good. Zero, well, hmm. Maybe it shouldn't be the tagline. Maybe it should be the only thing that's on the TV well, spot. If, if a tagline can turn around a product, I guess we'll see. What was the old tagline? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. I can't, I, I don't know. You know, that's a weird deal. I, I thought, uh, you know, you mentioned last uh, last hour about the podcasting and RSS uh, capability coming back here, uh, came, becoming available, I should say, here at the advertising show. Yeah. I thought it was very interesting that Yahoo recently announced that they are launching, or have launched, I should say, a free audio search engine capable of sorting through some 50 million songs, interviews, speeches, and podcasts. Did you say Yahoo? Yahoo. Okay, good. Yeah, Yahoo. And uh, at the new Yahoo Audible search, uh, audio search site, uh, users can also search for photos and random information related to their musician or group of choice. The new audio search service uh, can be found at audio.search.yahoo.com. And I thought it was uh, interesting that, and I'm sure the fine people at Shipple who are helping us with our uh, transition over to RSS and podcasting, mm-hmm. 
uh, the, the Schiphol Technologies, that they will be submitting our uh, website since we are becoming uh, podcast capable. Is what I'm, I guess that's a new phrase we'll be right. using here on the show. Ena- yeah, enabled. Yeah. Yeah, and they'll be uh, will be submitting our uh, our site to be integrated with uh, Yahoo's uh, video search uh, engine, so that when people go there, the advertising show will come up as a. Uh, as an alternative yeah, or an option, option, yeah, good deal. Yeah, and if you want to, if you want to stay tuned for that, of course, you listen to the show, but you can also uh, uh, click on the advertisingshow dot com, and mm-hmm. we'll we'll let you know when how things are going in the okay. next week or two. I would think it's uh, well, they're working hard. They're working right now. They worked last night. Uh, they're working tomorrow too, right. as well. And we, we sent some beer over there to them. <laughs> that may be part of the delay. Maybe that was a mistake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of Yahoo, uh, this is interesting. It says a Yahoo deal allows marketers to pitch products via in flight Wi-Fi. Hmm. Interesting, huh? Advertisers who purchased sponsored links through Yahoo will be able to market their products to passengers surfing the Internet aboard Wi-Fi-enabled Boeing jets. However, online shopping has yet to take off among consumers accessing the web in public places. But you'll be able to go to the Yahoo site and check out some of the advertising there. On um, Boeing, not not on Airbus, True. on Boeing. Well, you know, I think Yahoo's reacting to Google, and uh, they're doing a great job pulling out a lot of services that they haven't had before. And I read somewhere, and I don't have it handy, but Yahoo has uh, a similar uh, uh, capability as uh, Google has with their EarthCam. They've got their own uh, version of that now that they just announced. So, right. you know, Yahoo's not uh, sitting around and, and letting Google uh uh, take over. I think they're doing a great job of, of some services that they're offering that apparently they've had in the wings for a while. Okay. Wait, waiting for Google to, you know, really? get, get infused, I guess, with all that capital from their IPL. But, okay. uh, you know, we we're talking about beer. Uh, Night Agency, uh, a, a guerrilla marketing uh, firm, uh, kicked off a guerrilla marketing campaign recently for Heineken Amster Jam. Amster Jam? Yeah, apparently street teams were out in uh, New York City recently in green uniforms and green scrolling LED belts promoting at Grand Central. Uh, The teams were uh, seen throughout New York City, uh, and they'll be doing this from now through uh, through, uh, August 20th, which I guess is next week, to promote uh, the concert, the concert uh, being held on Randall's Island in New York uh, with performances by Red Hot Chili Peppers and some others. Uh, Snoop Dogg, the snizzle expert, you know. Yeah, right. Uh, anyway, the concert is for, of course, adults 21 and older, uh, but it's an interesting uh, idea here, promoting a uh, concert, a beer maker. Right. Why not? <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Well, you need a cold one when you're outside. <laughs> I guess it does. be interesting to see how, if, uh, what the police thought of those folks with the LED belts yeah, going around considering true. the heightened security yeah. uh, issues as well. We've got time for one more segment this hour, and we hope you have time to stick around with, uh, with us as well. Back in just a minute. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Some most happy fellas, the four lads for Ford. Standing on the corner, watching all the Fords go by. Standing on 
It's the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. And one uh, final segment before we uh, let you go this week. Uh, thanks again to uh, Brian Steinberg, advertising columnist with the Wall Street Journal. And uh, next week, uh, next Sunday, it's going to be uh, uh, Mike Boylson, who is Executive Vice President, CMO of J.C. Penney Corporation. So we'll see what's in store for him. Yeah. <laughs> Pennies. There we go. In store. It's a great, it's a great place, too, as yeah. well. Uh, speaking of retailers, we have, um, it says, this is a commentary out of the Chicago Sun-Times. Somebody's got a, a bone to pick with Walmart. Okay. Hmm. It says, Walmart stores, the Walmart image makeover needs work. They, they're trying to do a different thing, kind of like Target does. But uh, they... Uh, Walmart is. Walmart oh, is, I've yeah. heard about Recently this. say it wants to change its image to compete against Target for upscale shoppers. I don't understand that connect. <laughs> Recent ads uh, for back-to-school items feature children in vignettes instead of in-store displays touting low prices. The little guy, the little smiley-faced guy. Mm-hmm. But the attempts fall flat, and the retailer will have to make bigger changes or return to its roots. The columnist writes, and I think return to its roots is a good idea. Why, sure. would you, why do you want to go? Why do you want to compete with Target? Well, you can't compete with Target. Who would have ever thought... Ten years ago, if I would have said upscale consumers like the ones Target. that shop at Target, yeah. you would have said, this is a typo. Yeah. But today, they've done such a good job in branding Target. But I agree with you, Ray. I mean, don't try to change what, what Walmart, got you though. to the party. You know, I mean, Wall Street, I mean, uh, Wall Street, uh, Walmart is known for low prices, and yeah. that's what you get. Which they, which they don't have, by the way. They don't? Well, they have, no, no. no they, get, they get you in there, and then you... you you don't pay low prices. Yeah. There's one item that's low, but you end up spending more than you think. Well, I, what's the uh, Walmart? The big, uh, the big uh, low ha- prices always. No, not their uh, not their slogan. What is that bigger Walmart where you get the discount? Sam's Club. Sam's Club. Yes. I bought uh, eighty five thousand malted milk balls the other day. <laughs> uh, yeah. Melt? Well, yeah. They're all. It's one package, uh, and uh, eighty five thousand to a package. No, fifty five gallon drum. Kind of makes you wonder, you know, if you uh, can buy an entire uh, um, amount of toilet paper with two packages from there. They bring it out on a forklift, yeah, but right. they, but they, but you save twenty dent, uh, twenty cents exactly. per roll, and but you, you got to have a warehouse to store this stuff in. Yeah, exactly, your garage, yeah, <laughs> exactly, or your basement or something like that. But anyway, I agree with you. Low prices always. It's a great concept, and they've done a great job. The little round uh, sun, the smiley, smiley face guy, there, yeah. yeah. And I, I've, I've been in a Walmart uh, recently, and it's uh, you know I don't know I don't know enough about prices to know if they are or are not cheap. Mm-hmm. The things that I go to buy seem to be priced uh, below what I find elsewhere. But of course, I'm uh, comparing them often with uh, what you see in the grocery store. Yeah, exactly. Because that's kind of the products I would be familiar with. Well, some people that say the Walmart brand, and we're not slamming Walmart. No. If you like to shop there, that's fine. But some people say that the food there, the the, the vegetables, the produce, is not mm-hmm. as good as it should be as well. Really? Which is, I don't know. Well, they bought them on deal two months ago. That's how they can <laughs> offer them at a special price. I don't know. They bought them from the dollar store. <laughs> that's right. Big lots. This is interesting. You know, we, apparently there's a beer theme to this uh, show this week. Sooner than later. Uh, I guess so. Brand Week has this out. Sam Adams to launch a 25% alcohol beer. 25%. In a Q&A with Brand Week, Sam Adams, founder of Jim Koch, or Koch, whatever his name is, discusses the launch of uh, Sam, Am- uh, Sam, Sam Adams' Utopias 2005, the brewer's first entry into the category of extreme beers, according to, what you say, Koch? Uh, 25% alcohol brew has performed favorably against sherry, cognac, and port in blind taste wow. tests. So, That's some stout beer. 
I guess so. Twenty five percent. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what is? Uh, I thought. Uh, well, they had to, that would not be beer. It would be a malt beverage at that point after they. Exceed. You would call that a malt beverage. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what's uh, who's the actor? Samuel, uh, the actor. Uh, he's an African American actor. Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Uh, Dave uh, Dave Chappelle does a funny spoof where a bunch of three guys are sitting around in a bar, and he goes, "I'll have a Samuel Adams," and the other guy says, "I'll have it," and he goes, "I'll have a Samuel Jackson," <laughs> and then the music starts and all of that. And if you've watched uh, David Chappelle, I happen to have just picked up on that about three months ago, four months ago. I'd heard that he had a great successful first season, yeah. and I decided to set my DVR and uh, record every uh, Chappelle show because they were repeating at that point because he was still struggling with trying to get him back for the second season. I don't sure. know if they've done that yet, if they've settled that yet or not. I haven't heard. But I recorded all of the first season, and i got to tell you, it is hilarious. It's good stuff. Huh? Oh, it's hilarious. And if you haven't seen it, uh, I, they may still be in uh, in reruns, and if they are, set your DVR and you get, you know, 20 shows. They're selling that uh, as a CD right now, last season. Are they really? Yeah. Speaking of humor, Letterman was incredibly good this past week. Yeah. And I'm a Letterman fan. Yeah, I am uh, too. He's, uh, he, he's so funny. There was a, a comedian that they brought on as the world's oldest page at CBS. His name is Johnny Dark. And Johnny Dark actually used to be a jock, I think, somewhere. But apparently he's a comedian. And they had him sit off to the side and do a little bit. It was it was kind of funny the, this, uh, this past, I think it was... Friday night, I think it was. Yeah. That was good. So thanks again to uh, Brian Steinberg, advertising columnist for the Wall Street Journal. Pick up your copy and read Brian's column. The guy's good. Mark, uh, Mike Boylson, Executive Vice President, CMO, JCPenney Corporation. Doesn't JCPenney used to own Eckerd as well a long time ago? I'm not sure. That would be a good opening question. I think so. We'll ask him. It'll be true or false, okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go from there. But we hope you enjoyed the show today. Go to theadvertisingshow.com to find out more. And uh, The Advertising Show is being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. You can visit online at adage.com. Next week... Mike Boylson, Executive Vice President, CMO J.C. Penney Corporation, along with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. The Advertising Show is a Big Radio Midgets production.